The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is a Monday, and it is July 27th. And this is a Monday mailbag. We've been doing them throughout the offseason. We are thrilled to continue rolling right along, even though our friend Sean, who eventually we'll stop talking about, I guess, uh, is gone. May I recommend a couple of things here? One, that you leave a five-star review. Because if you want your mailbag question answered, we will answer it. You leave a five-star review, no matter how weird it is, and we got some weird ones in this mailbag, we will answer the question. So toss us, it can be about a specific team, a specific player. Uh, you can ask, um, you know, Ryan, what kind of razor he uses to shave his uh, body. Entire one, one guard, he does one guard from head to toe, the entire body. He's told us that before, drunk in confidence, but I decided to spill it on the uh, podcast here. You want to ask John Breach why he doesn't wear undershirts with his jackets? You can do it. We'll answer it. You can ask me anything you want to. I don't know what other weird – I've got plenty of quirks. quirks. You can ask me about that. Uh, We also would love if you would recommend the podcast to one friend. See, this is a great podcast. Check it out. Just say, hey, man. Check it out. Because, I, uh, you know, remember that podcast? Ryan, did you ever listen to Wind of of Change? Uh, Yeah. You need to. I've gotten, uh, I think, four friends who have come back to me and been like, dude, that podcast is freaking great. Yep. So, but that's what people can do for this podcast. Recommend it. Send people to check it out. Uh, if, because it's football season. You got to recommend it. Tremendous recommendation. And also, we have the podcast awards. The People's Choice Podcast Awards are up. You can go to, Debo, what's the address? Link in the bio. Link in the Link description. In the bio. Of the it's, of it's been on Twitter, but go to the description. Uh, we'll tweet it back out on Monday morning so that way you can check it out. But it's really easy. You click the link. You sign up. You don't have to verify or anything. You just automatically roll right through to the drop-down page, do People's Choice Award and the Sports Award, select pick six and submit. They take fan votes into account. And if we win an award, it is a pants-off dance-off. Okay? We will have a party. There will be pizza. There will be beer. Uh, we'll, we'll, you know what we'll do? We'll do a drunk mailbag if no. we, uh, if we win, if we win that award. How about there, that? There was a time when that was every mailbag, Brinson. <laughs> and now, but now it's a reward for winning an award. I no, like I'm it. saying like, not like we're going to start drinking while we do the mailbag. We will start drinking 
and then like two hours into drinking, do the mailbag. And we'll take a shot every time someone gets dunked on. Yeah, that's right. If you hear this noise, <laughs> you know that there's a shot coming. Couple uh, of days left. If you've held off, if you said, "Oh, I'll do it later," if uh, I'll nominate these guys, July 31st is the deadline. So a couple days away. If you're going to help us out, do it soon. We, I mean, we have no idea if we're going to be end up in the the finals. But if you're listening and you want to hook us up, do it now. Now's a great time to make a push. We'd love to make the finals. It would be super sweet. True that. For instance, just we wants win. to have a drunk mailbag. I want to have a drunk mailbag, but I also want the kudos. I mean, if we win that award, because especially because FFT is up for it too. Ooh. Right? If we win that award, it's I'm rubbing into Jamie Eisenberg's face for the rest of the time. If they win it, how often do you think Eisenberg's going to rub it in your face? Azer. But... Tyron Mathieu. <laughs> sure, whatever works here. How are you? How are you worse than me at pronouncing names? That's incredible. Tyron Matthew. <laughs> laugh every time it gets me. He is an alien. That's what we found out about Rich. We used to think he was a serial killer. He's just an alien. That's the problem. Yeah, you, know, you know what? I'll tell you what. Here's what we'll do. If we I just learned the English language like forty years ago. He just pronounced he mispronounced language, and I'm not sure if he did it on purpose. <laughs> we will get we will get drunk, and we will allow everybody to send us five words a person from listeners that you want Breach to pronounce. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> we'll, we'll spend two hours doing a, a pronunciation mailbag. How about that? You know, it's funny. I'm actually a good speller, but that is, that doesn't help me when I'm talking. <laughs> how, do you spell, how do you spell rhythm? R-H-Y-T-H-M. Good job. Mm. Eighth. Not seventh, but eighth. Easy. Rhythm. Could you please use it in a sentence? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, okay, he's just not going to spell eighth, apparently. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> Eighth. How do you spell eighth? Oh, I didn't hear that. Uh, e i g h t h. Oh, you got almost got you there. All right. Hard to spell. I feel like that's easy. It's just eight plus h. I, it took me a while to figure out the eight part, but yeah, eight. I is, don't. Well, I can't spell rhythm. The rhythm's a tough one. I I will just I just like hit a bunch of letters that are sort of close to rhythm <laughs> and then spell check it. I spell it so so bad sometimes the spell check doesn't know what I'm spelling. <laughs> Spellcheck is laughing you out like, dude, come on. I need more help than this. I'm not a miracle worker. I'm Spellcheck. Yeah, there's a couple other that I can't think of right now that, that are tough. But we'll uh, – yeah, if, if, send us your words that you think are tough spelling. We'll, uh, we'll try and spell you know it. Which word I hate the most? I've hated this word the most since probably I was age 10. Any guesses? Uh, conundrum. Dad? Tomorrow. Pamphlet. 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 How do you hate that? It's, it's, it's spelled how it sounds. I, I just hate it. I don't like the way the word sounds. Pamphlet. I also hate the word slacks for pants. Well, that's terrible. Why? <laughs> Why do you hate slacks? I mean, I don't want to talk about words we hate because I have a couple, but pamphlet's a weird one. I've never heard anyone hating pamphlet. I want to hear words that you hate. It's a mailbag episode. <laughs> I hate the word packet. I hate the word moist. Yeah, moist. Moist is gross. Yeah. Those are my five words that I hate. But you want, like, if you make good muffins, you want them to be moist. That's the thing. No, you just so, are cake spongy. Yeah. I mean, if they're spongy, though, they might be too spongy. You want to yeah, be yeah, perfectly spongy moist. Spongy sounds kind of gross, too. I don't want to be gnawing on a sponge when I'm, like, trying to eat very <laughs> Breach, what are the words you hate? That's That was probably the top one. Moist? Does anyone like the word moist? I've yet to see anyone say, I love the word moist. Why do you dislike moist? It sounds gross. It evokes grossness. Like pamphlet is a dumb word. 
like packets of dumb words. Slacks is something your great grandfather says or your grandmother before you go to church. Put on your good slacks. Shut up, grandma. Uh, but, uh, but, that, but slacks are like a nicer version of pants. Sure. Right. Dress pants. But not something that a 10 or 11 year old would be saying, you know? So if like the, um, if like the AT&T guys who canvas neighborhoods are walking around your neighborhoods and it starts raining and they show up, are you just like terrified that they're going to say, Hey, uh, can you help me? I've got some moist pamphlets. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the, the water's going to ruin my crisp slacks. They might. <laughs> yeah, that is a concern. Fair enough. I had some oh, that's hilarious. And now they're all moist. <laughs> yeah. Come right in. Why is that, that's why is that so funny to me? Oh, it shouldn't be. Let's get to the mailbag. All right. Chase Cheers uh, via Apple Podcast says, pretty solid show. Thank Not you. bad. Um, I would like to point out at this, at this time that the Pick 6 uh, Slack channel is, uh, it, the subtitle is, it's been that way for a while, and I think this is a review of me. It's kind of annoying but decent and knows his sh- is what somebody once wrote on a review. I'm sorry, you have to bleep that, Debo. It's a pretty solid show. Put it on the back of the book. Yeah, hey guys, I love listening. To, I think I think he's being like, uh, what's what, what is it? What if you're you're not self-deprecating? Like he's, you know what I mean? Like he's not being. You can't be self-deprecating if you're saying it to somebody else. I mean, is it just sarcastic? Like he's not. He's not. I don't think he's really saying like that's a pretty solid show. Backhand a compliment or just a compliment? Compliment. Backhand a compliment. Okay, maybe that's what he meant. I hey think guys, but he gets the show, so that's that's what I, I love listening to the pod during work and keep up the good work. I wanted to know how you guys would rank the Super Bowl winning teams from this decade. Chase, P.S. Breach is my favorite. Whoa. Well, this guy, that's probably the best question we've ever gotten in the mailbag, I'll be honest. Probably love Sean now that Sean's gone. Here's number two. I don't know. This guy sounds like someone who has his head on straight. I'm kind All of, right, uh... let's start at number 10, and we'll work our way up. How about that? Uh, sure. Do we all, I mean, I think number 10, I think everyone agrees on number 10. Uh, Breach, you start because you're always going to be the wild card, I feel like. Uh, I've got the 2011 Giants. Oh, no. Pats over Rams. That game was so boring. That was the worst ever. What, what are you ranking? This guy asked us to rank the Super Bowl winning teams. So like, there's only 10 teams that won the Super Bowl this decade. I was ranking the actual, the actual game. Oh no! I like. Did I did I read the question wrong? You probably read it right. I just I was doing my own thing as I often do. Well, like that, you know, but, is that the worst thing to rank the games too? All right. So the team. So the giant. Yeah, I think that Giants team because that Giants team. I think wild card and they had to win three in a row. Uh, just for clarification, we are talking about the first team would be the Packers who beat the Steelers. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Twenty ten to twenty nineteen. Yeah. In fact, those are. Uh, you know, this is. It's been exactly ten years since I've been at CBS. Those are. I've been to all the Super Bowls. That's why I started covering. That is a fun fact. Oddly enough, not all the combines, though. That's I've actually missed two combines. Nobody <laughs> knows why. Uh, so I agree with Breach. The Giants are the, the worst team on paper. But uh, for me, the worst game was Pats over Rams from 2019 in Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. The Giants. Wait, are we ranking two things now? We're going to go with Ryan's ranking as we go. You guys can do the teams. I got the games. You can yell. Okay. Diva says just do team. <laughs> Sorry, Debo, I got a list. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan's got a list. He's... I appreciate Ryan coming prepared, so let's do both. <laughs> um, I, I agree. The 2011 Giants, 
were just another luck box Eli Manning team with decent pass rush that snuck into the playoffs and then got hot and Eli took down the Patriots because for whatever reason he just owns Tom Brady in the yeah. Super Bowl. Uh, a very good Super Bowl. It was a good Super Bowl though. Yeah, my first Super Bowl. You know who was the offensive coordinator of the Patriots for that Super Bowl? Josh McDaniel? No, he was gone, right? Oh, Charlie Weiss? He was gone too, wasn't he? Oops. Who was it? Think about uh, Brinson's nickname. Brinson's nickname? Yeah. Bill O'Brien. That's right, Bill O'Brien. Oh. He wow. knows that because shortly thereafter, he was hired to come uh, save Penn State from what some would argue is the most despicable uh, scandal involving college athletics in the history of the sport. All right, number oh, nine. Sorry, not me. You know what's funny is I feel like t- yeah. 10 was easy, and everything after that is just jumbled up, and I didn't know what to do. Um, but number nine, I had the 2012 Ravens. I, I agree with that. That team didn't – there was no one thing about that team that made you go, oh, my gosh, this team's so much fun to watch. Joe Flacco got hot in the playoffs. He made himself all that money. The defense was good. Um, by the way, remember Randy Moss played in that Super Bowl? <laughs> For the 49ers, that's right. Yeah. Uh, that, that of course – now, that game was not um, – was it good? It was wild. That was the blackout when uh, Beyonce performed and, and uh, the lights in the Superdome went out. Uh, Breach, that was Breach's first Super Bowl because Breach was, wasn't was there, but he was running the live blog off-site because he is a traffic whore. Wait, and, no, hold on. I was not running the live blog off-site. After the lights went out and you guys lost the Internet, I got put on the live blog. Now, mind you, I had never covered an NFL game in my entire career at CBS. I'd only done college sports in 2011 and 2012, so I, I'm asked to cover this Super Bowl to – kind of be the off-site person because Brenton and Wilson and our other guy at the time, Josh Katowitz, they were all at the game. So I'm just thinking I'm going to write a couple stories from the game. That's it. Not too difficult. Electricity goes out, and they're like, Breach, you have to do everything. And uh, that was the only time in my life that I slightly panicked because I was like, oh, my God, that seems like a lot. Because I think that Super Bowl was also on CBS. So yep. we had to keep the stories pumping out. We had to keep everything going. We couldn't have the live blog go down. And I was just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm going to get fired at the end of this game. Uh, but now we're here seven years later. I did not get fired. So My number nine game, Packers over Steelers, only because the Steelers beat the Packers. That was an awesome game, too. Yeah, what are you that's talking about? Yeah, that's a great. Now, he's doing it strictly because the Steelers lost. Yes. What a homer. Right. That game was fantastic. All right. Um, that's great. an incorrect ranking. Yeah, it is. I would. I think I agree with the Ravens as well because – and you remember the Ravens game came on the heels of the Giants beating the Patriots, and shortly there before, the, the, in, the, in the year before, the, when the Packers beat the Steelers, all three of those teams were wild card teams, right? So the Ravens win the division. They won the division, but they played the wild card round. Okay, yeah, they, all three of those teams played in the wild card round, and all three of those teams had a quarterback who just got nuclear, and so we were sort of under the impression that you almost wanted to be – you didn't want to be the number one seed. You wanted to be the team that got hot at the right time. There was that belief in the NFL uh, that changed quickly <laughs> over the next couple of years. Yeah, that's definitely what started. It was the Giants uh, and the Ravens. Yes, I think that's a uh, I think it's a good call there, Breach. Uh, who do you have at number eight? eight. Oof. Number eight was also rough. I went with the 2018 Patriots. That is the team that beat the Rams 13-3. to Yeah, I get done with that. Just Brady, uh, the, just it felt like the dynasty was kind of going downhill. It was the last hurrah getting that Super Bowl win. I didn't think that team was great, uh, but they were definitely good. And if they played either, yeah, I just 
Eleven. That team was eleven and five. They were fourth in points scored, seventh in points against, which is is pretty good. Um, but I think we all sort of thought that they could lose to the Chargers. They did not. Like that's how vulnerable the Pats look coming into the playoffs. We believed that they could lose to the Chargers at home because the Chargers had shut down the Ravens in, in Lamar Jackson's first playoff appearance. Uh, and then they should have lost the Chief, the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. You know, the yeah. Chiefs. If D Ford doesn't go off sides. The, the Patriots lose that game, and or, and, the, and the Chiefs never got an overtime. So I, I think we might be on the same page for all three of those back-end ones. Ryan, yeah. what's the number eight game? Ravens over the 49ers, the game that we just talked about in New Orleans. Even though the lights went out. That would probably be number nine because that Packers game needs to be moved up, but you know why I'm staying, staying, staying a pat on that. Number seven. All right, this, man, I probably would change this, but I'm going to stick with it. Because I know how much Eagles fans hate Sean, and I want to keep that hatred going. I have the 2017 Eagles at number seven. That is a terrible pick and disrespectful. That is that's a to who Carson Wentz was MVP until the middle of December. Yeah, and then they lost I mean, it. I mean, they went 13 and three. They were third in points scored, fourth in points against. They had an incredible defense the entire year. Wentz was awesome. They struggled a little bit down the stretch in terms of. I, I don't know. I mean, like, he got hurt against the Rams. They won that game. Then they went 2-1 and one to close out. Then they beat the Falcons 15-10, smashed the Vikings 38-7 to in that NFC Championship game, and then they just took care of business against the Patriots. Nick Foles outplayed Tom Brady, and Bill, and Doug Big Balls Peterson outcoached Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl. What are you talking about? Uh, well, Brenton, you can tell me where you have them in your rankings. Well, who do you have at number seven? <laughs> uh, I have the 2015 Denver Broncos at number seven. You oh. have the one of the best defenses in NFL history at number seven. That's Sounds insane. Good. I think they're defense won championships, Brenton. I mean, they were 19th in points scored with Peyton Manning at quarterback. They had to bench Peyton Manning for Brock Osweiler. Say that out loud, and you think they're worse than the Eagles? And they beat a fifteen and one team in the Super Bowl. They manhandled this defense was historically good. That defense, the Eagles' offense, would score ten points against that Broncos' defense. It wouldn't even be close. You know, Dave Manning could play with his gimpy arm and his Broncos gimpy leg. Had, uh, the Broncos had an expected point difference. Their point difference, or their expected win loss, was nine point seven wins. They went twelve and four. They were a lucky team that benched they, Peyton. No, Manning. they weren't lucky at all. Their defense was the awesome. <laughs> That's it. There's no luck involved. They started seven and zero. My seventh rank. Three of those games uh, at seven and zero. Yeah, they started seven and zero and one, two, three, four, five. Five of those wins were one score. Not a lucky team though, because their defense was so good. Okay, but you know what's funny is I actually have the 2015 Broncos at number six, so just one spot I have the Eagles. <laughs> I, I could flip flop them. Okay. Um, <laughs> who's your number uh, seven uh, game, Ryan? Patriots over the Seahawks. Whoa! What? Are you nuts? If Marshawn game? If Marshawn runs the ball in, the greatest game of all. This is the greatest Super Bowl of all time. I mean, that's easily top three. All right. It's, it's, I, have, I rank the Super Bowls every year. It's number one. It's the greatest <laughs> Super Bowl of all time. Uh, do you, yeah. is this is this go back to your panic about the red eye home? Oh, I forgot about that. No. My my issue, if, if Marshawn gets the ball and they run it in, you can tell the story in a second, but if Marshawn runs the ball in, then I, I love this game. But the Patri- the Patriots got lucky because of the brain fart by the, you know, the Pete Carroll and shot number wasn't the OC then, was he? It was, who was it? 
Uh, Daryl Bevel. Daryl Bevel. Yeah. So if, if they had decided to just give the ball to Marshawn, I like that game a lot more. They didn't do that. And, you know, I don't want to celebrate another Patriots Super Bowl, if we're being honest about it. So that's why I had them seven. So you love that game? Top that, three. Did the Jermaine Curse catch? That was a huge catch, catch. But then if you run it in, that, that, that's, that's the natural progression. Jermaine Curse catch, and then you give the ball to Marshawn. You Edelman, don't... Edelman's catch? That game was incredible. That game had everything. It was a great interception. I was freaking out. Ryan had convinced me <laughs> that the play, because he's in Arizona, was to – also, there was the Deflategate uh, Super Bowl. Yeah, because that broke that earlier that week. Yeah. We were doing Scott Fitzgerald set up our set. We were doing the Pick 6 – was it the Pick 6 podcast? It was a precursor just doing – Video interviews. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, Ryan had convinced me that the play was to take a red eye out of Arizona, even though we had to write about the Super Bowl and like it left at like 1 a.m. and all of a sudden it was like 11.30 p.m. and it's like, oh my God, see, I was going to, like, it was overtime looked likely and we're like, we're just not going on these flights. And then yada, 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 Marshall Lynch happens, Malcolm Butler, blah, blah, blah. All right. Yeah. So I had that on seventh. You guys hate that. Fair enough. Number six. Terrible. But you haven't even named the Broncos Panthers Super Bowl. Yeah, it's coming up. Effectively, no one would prefer Broncos Panthers to Seahawks Pats. Me. Wilson, what was your formula for making this ranking? The games that I enjoyed the most based on how the teams played. Because wins over Wilson's clearly does not translate to ranking Super Bowls. No, I told you the, the number nine Packers beat the Steelers, so they automatically get minus a thousand points. And then I don't want to applaud, uh, give the Patriots credit for a stupid play by the Seahawks. What was number ten? Oh, the Pats over the Rams. That was just a boring game. Um, yeah. Also, we almost didn't get to go to that game because <laughs> certain things happened in the process. Breach saved us. Oh, and then, no, F you, I saved the Super Bowl. And then Breach almost got us thrown out of the press box because he had to go down and see Megatron's B-hole open up in that new Falcon Stadium. You know, a little robot thing with a little... My word. That's what they call it, Megatron's... I've never heard that. All right, number six, Breach. Um, I already said it. Number six, I had the 2015 Broncos, and I said I would flip that, flop that with the two, 2017 Eagles. All right, what's yours, Brenton? Are you okay with that? Uh, yeah, because I had the 2015 Broncos uh, there... I think you could almost put the eight, eh, yeah, the 18 pats were soon. Yeah. Um, I was going to put the 2000. So we have 16. Oh, who am I missing here? I'm missing. I just want to make sure I don't. There's, a, there's too many team. pats teams to deal with. To there be are. Oh, like, it makes it confusing. I will agree. It does. Okay. So who do we think was better, the 14 pats or the 16 pats? Uh, I think the 16 pats were better. Okay. So I'm going to put the 14 pats. Um, at, at my number six spot. And you had the Broncos uh, at number seven? Yes. Okay. I mean, you guys yell at me about Pats over Seahawks in 2014 and at number seven. You got them at number six, the Patriots team. What you're talking about? The, I'm talking about the game, not the team. Yeah, I told you. My, my reason is that the Seahawks should have won and the Pats just sort of fell into it. And I don't get credit for that. Number six for me, Chiefs over 49ers. Oh, the 14 Pats, they had to do the, the funky offensive line trick against the Ravens to beat them in the divisional round. John Harbaugh got mad. Yeah, they were fourth in points scored, eighth in points allowed. And then that year was also the AFC title game where Deflategate started. Right. Don't say. Fun fact. <laughs> uh, number six. Well, for- I'll just go fast here because my number five is Brinson's number six. It's the 2014 uh, game. I'm trying to. You keep talking. <laughs> oh, you said Chiefs 49ers. You gave it. Oh, you heard it. Okay, good. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, number five is I have 2014 Patriots. Oh, okay. Again, that's all pretty close. What do you have, Breach? Uh, 
okay, so these last five are kind of tough, I think. Or th- this next group of three is kind of tough. I don't – hmm. I'm going to say that I'm going to, I'm going to go with the 2019 Chiefs. Whoa. That is the wrongest thing I've ever heard come out of Brinson's mouth. Well, so here's the thing. The 2019 Chiefs are awesome. Yeah. But they were fifth in points scored and seventh in points allowed. The defense got better down the stretch, but was not good the whole season. Patrick Mahomes. So that's. I I mean, like. We're talking about great, like how great was the team the whole season, not just how well, how well do they play in the playoffs? Um, you know, look, they got down 24 nothing to the Texans in the first round of the playoffs. They got down to the Titans in the playoffs. They got down huge to the 49ers in the playoffs. It took Patrick Mahomes and miracles. They have a, their ceiling isn't crazy, is crazy high. Uh, but I just think that the injuries and all that, you sort of, you know, and they, they shouldn't have been the two seed. But the Patriots lose to Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins in Week 17. So I'll put yeah. But you can also say that Mahomes got injured. I would take a completely healthy 2019 Chiefs team uh, because maybe that last game doesn't come down to it if Mahomes is alternate timeline. So that's not an alternate timeline. I'm talking about this 2019 Chiefs at full power against whatever the Eagles at full power or whatever these teams are because they were at full power in the Super Bowl. Full power. All right. So the uh, the the simple. Rating system gives the Chiefs 9.14. The 2019 Chiefs, 9.14. The 2017 Eagles, 9.41. First in the NFL. The Chiefs were fourth. Number five, I had Broncos over the Panthers because the Broncos completely and utterly demoralized the Panthers, as Breach pointed out, with no Peyton Manning. Yeah. Uh, I might have put this at number 10. The Super Bowl sucked. (laughs) You're a Panthers homer. Yeah, that hurts. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, I mean, like, at the NFC Championship game when they destroyed the Cardinals, and I, I was, I had, I was positive they were going to win the Super Bowl, although I got a little nervous as we got closer to the game. Um, I was down the field, confetti raining down. It was like, man, like, this is insane. Like, the team that I grew up rooting for is going to the Super Bowl, uh, you know, for the second time, of course, but and I'm going to be there. It, it was, it was, what's that? Yeah, Nate Peterson did the Super Bowl. His Denver yeah, Broncos. Broncos fan, Nate Peterson, did the Super Bowl and rubbed it in my face the whole time. So that was fun. <laughs> Thank you, Nate. Yes, number 10 on my list, uh, easily. <laughs> number four, Breach. Uh, my number four I thought was the hardest team to rank out of the whole entire decade, but I have the 2010 Green Bay Packers. I will say this team went 10-6 and six in the regular season, and Wilson hates them because they beat the Steelers, but they lost two games in overtime, and two of their losses, Aaron Rodgers was injured. So, again, with Aaron Rodgers on this field, and this team ended up going 15 and one in 2011 when he played the entire season. If this team, if everyone's healthy like they were for the playoff run and for the Super Bowl, I think they could probably beat most teams on this list. Uh, so I have the 2010 Packers at number four. I actually think you're too low on the Packers. Ooh. Number four, uh, I have the 2016 New England Patriots. They went 14 and two in the regular season, third in points for, uh, first in points against a 9.29 simple rating system. Uh, they did overachieve in terms of wins, but this is, this is a very, very good team. They manhandled the Texans and manhandled the Steelers in the, in the conference championship game. And then of course they were down 28 to three in the Super Bowl. That was not ideal, but they came back and dominated and it was Tom Brady was, you know, set the record. Um, he, you know, he didn't have a huge season, but he only, oh, he was suspended that year. So they went fourteen to two without four games with Tom Brady to co- to co like to be cohesive like that with Tom Brady suspended four games is very impressive. So uh, I have them at number four. 
Giants over the Pats at number four, just because, as you mentioned earlier, Eli Manning's ability to frustrate um, Tom Brady and, and Bill Belichick. Mario Manningham played well in that game. Um, second time they beat him in the playoffs, or the Super Bowl, excuse me. Uh, looks like we're in the top three. Top three? Top I have three. the 2013 Seahawks as my number what? three. Top three, man. That's not bad. How's that? How's that? What are you wanting? Should it be lower? <laughs> what are you wanting? <laughs> no, this is a three is low for the, this is the, the Legion of Boom at its peak. What do you, I mean, yeah, you already the knocked the Broncos who have uh, a great the best team on the list. You them well on the list. No, it's 13. not. Number three. rating system rating. Number, yeah, that's not the breach rating system. And on the breach rating system, they're number three, Brinson. Okay. That's a terrible, your list is hot trash. All right, what's your number three there? Yeah, well, people like trash nowadays. Uh, my number three is the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, my goodness. As Breach incorrectly pointed out, Breach acts like this team is a luck box that snuck into the playoffs. This team beat the crap out of everybody. They were dominant. Wentz was the MVP. Why are they so low then if they're that's such a fantastic team? Yeah, why aren't they number one, Brent? They're, they're third because the next two teams are even better. So Y'all did Breach are having the Seahawks third for being too low. Okay. I mean, do you want to hear my top three, and I'll just tell you why there's the top three? If you'd like to go ahead. Number one is the Seahawks, by oh. far. The right. Broncos were the 2013 Broncos were one of the best teams, like the best offensive teams we've ever seen, and the Seahawks curb stomped them in the playoffs. That Seahawks team was incredible. They were a dominant team. Remember they uh, they beat the 49ers, who awesome 49ers team. Like Sherman Ka- yelled at Aaron Andrews, right? Yeah, About like that was the champ. That was the Super Bowl. That conference championship game. Uh, they handled the Saints in the wild card round. They played a ton of good teams. The Cardinals were great then because Bruce Arians had just shown up and, and gotten Carson Palmer. The 49ers were an awesome team. That was one of the toughest divisions of football. They gave up less than 15 points per game over the entire season. This team was awesome. This defense was epic. And the and the offense was cooking too. They had beast mode running it, and and Russell Wilson playing really well. Um, they are the top rated team of all these teams. So I will take the Seahawks at one. The Packers, that Packers team was really really good. I have the Packers at two, and then the Eagles at three. All right. I have the Seahawks, as I said, at three. I have the 2019 Chiefs at two. Because uh, I think they could be every team you just mentioned, except for maybe the 2013 Seahawks. I think that would be a fantastic game to watch. And my number one, Brinson, is the 2016 New England Patriots. Look, they went 14-2. and two. As you said, Brady was suspended. That was one of their losses was when Brady was suspended. So this team probably goes 15-1 and one because that one loss while Brady was out was to the Buffalo Bills. Brady does never lose to the Buffalo Bills. Their only legit loss was to the Seahawks in the regular season, and it was by a touchdown. They coasted through the playoffs. They crushed the Texans. They crushed the Steelers. And, they oh, they had the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history because they are the best Super Bowl team of the past decade. Boom. So you have them ranked number one, even though they were losing 28-3 to to another team. They didn't they won lose. the game, Brinson. They won the, literally won the game. I don't know if you remember. You play to win the game. I was there. Um, you were sitting with, uh, you guys weren't there. Did you guys not go to the Super Bowl? No, we weren't invited. I, no, Breach was there. I wasn't there. It was in Houston and we were sitting next to our old editor, Matt Tabeek, who rather ironically would go on to work for the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> that is ironic. Do we have an ironic button? No. <laughs> 
I had the Seahawks over the Broncos at number three, just because, as you mentioned, Brenton, the, the beatdown they put on them. Eagles over the Pats at number two, just because Nick Foles is the man. And then the Patriots come back as number one in terms of most exciting Super Bowls to watch. Wait, Wilson, you have a 43 to eight game in your top three for most exciting Super Bowls? That was the worst Super Bowl. I mean, it what was the first five on? minutes were fun. Look, even Debo's laughing so bad. What are we even doing? <laughs> I know. Like when Cam Chancellor hit Demaryius Thomas, that game was over. That no, no, game, game was over when they had the safety in the very the, first. On play. the first snap of the game, they shotgunned it out of the end zone. But it was completely and thoroughly dominant over Eli Manning and, and that offense. And then none of us could get home the next day hey, because hey. the blizzard finally hit New York. I got home because I took the train. Now who's laughing? Breach. I was just sitting in LaGuardia getting wasted for six hours. Greg Doyle. Um, Look, maybe these rankings weren't, weren't my best work. What are you going to do? That was, I remember, so that was the first Super Bowl ever in New York. I remember talking to, uh, another media member. I won't, it was, and that was the Super Bowl after the, after the blackout in. Right. Yeah. And oh, that was Breach's first Super Bowl. That's the one where he stole my jacket and he hasn't given it back yet. He sh- Breach showed up. Oh, Seahawks Denver? Dinner and he was wearing a book bag. We're like, what are you, you working? He's like, no, I went to the liquor store. And he pulls out a handle of Jim Beam that he was taking up to his, uh, to his hotel room and finished the entire thing before he left for the week. In my defense, it was a fifth. It wasn't a handle. Mm-hmm. I got the flu. What did you talk to your person about? You said. It was my flu game. Oh, and somebody was like, I'm not sticking around for this game. He's like, I, I got too freaked out by the blackout in New Orleans. It's like, I thought it was a, uh, an attack, uh, like an, a terrorist attack. He's like, I can't handle like New York. He's like, it just feels like too too much of a target. I'm getting out of here. And I was like, I wish you hadn't told me that, man. So this kind of just sticks in your head. When so did I, you talk to this person? Before? Uh, before the game. I don't want to name him. Just to, you know. No, okay. Oh, he was there during the week, but he left before the week. I was like, you're not sticking around. I said, like, no, I'm getting out of here. I don't want, and I was like, all right, you know, that's. I wish you hadn't said that. And so. After the, the game is like basically over, it's like four, was it forty five to eight? Was that what it was forty three to eight? Yep, forty three to eight. And you know they, they do the thing where it's like media members, if you want to go down and get quotes, come on. And so it's like, well, I'm not gonna sit here and watch this. So everybody goes down and get quotes. We're in the elevator, and we're wa- and like they put us into this covered tent outside of the stadium, and they have the TV on of the game, and it's wrapping up. And all of a sudden, you're boom, 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 and I was like, ah. But the TV was on a delay and it was fireworks and it just scared. Like I just, I was like, Oh my God, this is it. It's the end. Peed my pants and, uh, and panicked. Get on with your day. All right. So what are your other terrible choices, Ryan? That's it. I did all my, I did my top 10. You guys laughed. Debo laughed the hardest. What's the next question? Next. Uh, that was a long mail that question. That, I mean, for, uh, oof. Yeah, could have been, we could have done a whole podcast just on that question. I mean, so, you know, you can't. You can't bank on your producer to be operating at a B plus level all the time. Sometimes you just got to accept B minus work. <laughs> That's the story of your life. That's that right. Yes. I'm not, I'm kidding, Debo. You do a great job of copying and pasting the questions. And then I ramble on about them. Uh, okay. Eat mercy. This is from Tom3141592620. See, no matter how insane a question is, we'll answer it for you. Who is the best football player in the world that is not in the NFL? Is it someone retired like Andrew Luck or Luke Keekley? Is it a college player like Trevor Lawrence or some other athlete that plays another sport like Giannis? Uh, Ante, Ante, oh, I can't do it. Diva. Ante, Ante, Giannis. 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 Giannis' last name. Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's it. I had it during the NBA season. Now the NBA is coming back. That was the first time wrong, too. And the, the funny thing is that this guy, this guy left the last name off of the mailbag so Brinson didn't have to pronounce it. 
Oh, yeah. He I'm watched so- <laughs> It blew up in his face. Or Mike Turout? Yep, Turout. Tyron Mathieu. I was waiting for that. Yeah, let's make this position agnostic. Otherwise, there would be someone that has been a quarterback. I don't think it's Andrew Luck. Just because we don't know how his arm and his legs are. Luke Keekley. I mean, I don't know. Also, what happens when these guys retire, they lose a bunch of weight. So Luke Keekley isn't Luke Keekley that we remember probably, even though yeah, like Jordan Gross is just like weighs less than I do. And he was a, you know, he's a 300 pound offensive lineman. Like Tom mentioned Trevor Lawrence. I'm sort of thinking maybe it's Trevor Lawrence. He's 6'6, 230 pounds, whatever he weighs, runs a 4'6 or whatever. I don't know that counting like college players is. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I don't. Would a ba- like LeBron as a basketball player? Maybe like who would be the next basketball player you're thinking of? But LeBron's 34 or whatever he is. He's old. Well, I think a good way to look at this is imagine if there was a worldwide draft and you could pick any athlete, retired player, college player to start an NFL team with. Who would you start your team with? I would probably I know the answer is. I'd I'd probably- <laughs> I mean, it's not crazy. Terrell Owens is not a crazy answer either. That dude ran a four four the other day. I think I would probably go with Andrew Luck if I was drafting it, even though I like the Antonio Brown answer. But it's position agnostic. Well, right, but he would be my quarterback because obviously the position matters. I would, um, if it were not, if it were a non-football player, because I think that's more interesting. Like, I mean, like if you're doing a, if you're doing a worldwide draft right now, and it, it had to be somebody who wasn't in the NFL. You're like just taking Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he's going to be the first player in the NFL draft next year. What's a non-football player you'd like? So the non, I mean, I really think Giannis would be interesting, but I, I don't know that his. What, what guess, does he translate to? I mean, just play him at wide receiver or tight end and just, I mean, just who is stopping him in the red zone? How many, how tall is Giannis? Giannis. He, he's seven foot. Yeah. yeah. So how many seven foot are? Yeah, and he'll have success. You hit him once in the stomach and he's dead. His wingspan is seven foot three, two hundred forty-two pounds. Same as my wingspan. <laughs> His uh, wingspan is twice as tall as a breach. <laughs> I think LeBron might be the answer. Still, who else is built like that in the NBA? Because I don't watch a lot of the NBA. Like who's six seven two fifty or whatever he was. Six nine two fifty. Okay. By the way, married to a Brinson. Wonder if you what do you think, Devo? Who, who who's that body type in the NBA? I mean, Ka- Kawhi Leonard is a a six seven type that's just super super athletics. Has some of the biggest hands you'll ever see. So he could just corral in a ball. We're getting somewhere. That makes sense. Okay. What about like uh, what would Steph Curry do? He's too little to play wide receiver, isn't he? Yeah. All right. Yeah, but what about if we're position agnostic? What about bringing in a soccer player and have him be a kicker? And all of a sudden, you have the best kicker in the NFL. Maybe you get Messi. Who would, who would be in the NFL to be? Messi's actually shorter than you, so that actually that's probably why you picked him. Maybe. I just think LeBron would be good for like five years. I feel like that the, the maybe the easiest transit, not easiest, but a lot of baseball players probably were football stars too. Like Mike Trout, like I don't I don't know what he did in high school, but I'm sure he, he yeah football field. Mookie yeah. Betts is someone that's known for just being like a world-class athlete. He bowls 300s. He's, <laughs> he's just an incredible, like you've seen him dunking before the, these clips. Um, so I th- feel like he could translate. That's uh, it. Yeah. I'm trying to just try to think of more basketball players who would make sense. Basketball players just feel like the obvious answer, right? 
Like Sean May in his heyday would probably have been an awesome like left tackle. <laughs> what a reference. What a, what a reference. UNC reference. Yeah. Like Rashad McCants. I'm going with UNC again. Like he's a he's a tight end. Like he's thick. He's Bill Well. Ty Lawson as a running back out of the back. Darren Sproles type, even though he's like probably taller than most running backs, but in the basketball world, he's shorter than everybody else. Ty Lawson and Raymond Felton in the backfield? You can't lose. God, I hated that team. Jeff Lebo playing quarterback? Here we go. Uh, Ronald Curry, baby. Oh, yeah, Ronald Curry. Boom, done. Actual NFL wide receiver. Julius Peppers. There you go. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for JP. Yeah, I just don't know. I don't know. That's a, it's a hard question. I, I, LeBron is just my default answer. LeBron's such a freak still. That I think it would work. Give me some Ben Simmons. He's Ooh. similar body type to to uh, LeBron. I'm glad you didn't have a conference call for this question. Okay. <laughs> and you don't have to shoot jumpers in in the NFL, so you got that for him. That's on. I'm cutting that out. <laughs> <laughs> no one will ever mention that he's never made a three in his entire career at the NFL level. That's. Just not a factual comment that you just now, made. All right. Well, how many threes has Ben Simmons made in his career? More than zero. Is it one? It must be if it's a more than zero. One, Debo? How many is it? Can we so, please do the next question? I would like to eat dinner at some point. It's two. The answer is two. Oh, that's a, the point that's more than zero. Debo defense. He made two last year for the first time. And the crowd cheered him when he made his first one. They should have. Moving along. Eat dinner. It's 4.45 on Thursday night. Dude, I'm 100 years old. I got to go to bed in three hours. Right. Excellent pod. Thank you. BVB Ruse via Apple Podcast writes, love the Pick 6 pod. I have a hypothetical for you guys. If you had to complete one of the following, which would you choose and why? If you fail to complete the challenge, the challenge starts over in perpetuity until it's completed. Here are the choices. So look, let's let Let's answer what we think, and then let's answer for the for the rest of us what we think they should do, what we'd like to see them do. Okay. So okay. read the choices. Sorry, I'll read the choices, and then you can start. Right. Yeah. Okay. One, you're a linebacker, and you have to stop Saquon Barkley on a fourth and fifteen. And if you don't get it, you got to do it over and over again. Yes. Two, you are a running back and have to make a first down on fourth and five against Jamal Adams. Three, you're a wide receiver and have to make a touchdown with Stephon Gilmore lining up against you on fourth and five. I know what my answer is. I think uh, I know mine too. The consensus answer must be number two. No. You are yeah, right. that's my answer. Yeah, running back, you have to make a first down on fourth and five against Jamal Adams. What's your answer, Brinson? Uh, my answer is number one. Are you kidding me? Great. His legs would break your neck on the first. You would be in concussion protocol for eight months. You wouldn't be able to host this show because Saquon Barkley would run you over in perpetuity because you'd never be able to tackle him. Yeah, let me ask you this. Okay, all right, hold on. Let me explain this. First of all, let's assume your waist size is 34. I don't know what it is, but that is one of of Saquon's legs. His (laughs) legs are 68 inches wide. Are they really? Is that right? All right, can we all safely agree that we're eliminating number three? And number one. <laughs> I, I actually, if I ranked them, one would have been my last pick. At least I don't want to tackle Saquon Barkley. Do you want to get tackled by Jamal Adams over and over and over and over again? Going five yards. And yeah. you feel like at some point maybe you'll get an angle. He'll get bored. He'll get tired. And you actually, launch yourself at Saquon Barkley's feet and trip him up. He's got to go 15 yards. Or if Jamal Adams slips, you did it. 
Uh, it, it takes one lucky juke move, and also you can kind of just fall down once he starts tackling. You don't have to keep taking the hit. You just uh, you touch me, I'm down. I'll fall. Let, let me ask about this. Jamal Adams, for fun, lit up the Patriots mascot with a bomb form tackle on the sidelines of the Pro Bowl that like led to him having to issue an apology because the guy got hurt and they were worried that he suffered a concussion. That guy's in a mascot costume. You're like trying to carry the ball. He blindsided him. I'm going to have a helmet. Two things. Did we get helmets? This guy didn't mention that. We can, sure. Two things. I want you to make this a Twitter poll on Brinson.com, and I guarantee you number one will be last. <laughs> number two, I want to understand, Brinson, how, what is your, literally, like, going through your mind, what is your plan to tackle those two tree trunks that Saquon Barkley called legs? I'm going to launch my body at his feet and trip him up, and then he's going to fall down before he gets 15 yards. So this man gets paid a lot of money to avoid the best athletes in the world tackling him. But this 39-year-old dude <laughs> wearing a Panthers T-shirt and a hair helmet. <laughs> I think that you're going to – So I, I was not – I was thinking about one, self-preservation. Then you do Jamal Adams or you do Steph Gilmore, at least Steph Gilmore. Tackling you or do you think he's going to like two-hand touch you? He's going to blitz you. He's going to blast you over and over again. Yeah, but as soon as you see that you can't get the five yards, you just fall down. Like, it's easy, and you keep doing that until you finally see a route to get to the five yards. But you just do that with Saquon. As soon as you see you're not going to get him, you just fall down, and he's there. And then he steps on you. I don't uh, Yeah. Well, Jamal Adams can't step on you? Yeah, that's a defensive penalty. The running back's allowed to step on you. No, no, no. You, the defensive penalty is not in play here. Nah, it, 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 this guy didn't say there's no penalties. I get that five-yard penalty. I got my five yards, Brinson. Let me put it to you this way. If I had to pick what I'd like to see you try to do, Brinson, it would be trying to tackle Saquon Barkley. That's what I was going to pick, too. <laughs> uh, I, I, I feel you like you're fall. less likely to suffer permanent brain damage tackling Saquon Barkley. No way. This, this definitely needs to be a Twitter poll. <laughs> you are crazy. You are nuts. Maybe you're in concussion protocol right now. You are talking <laughs> nothing. The, the safest one in terms of health is the touchdown Steph Gilmore. from Steph Gilmore. But... Like, You're not going to get done. You'll be doing it for the rest of your life. You'd have to get it open. Yeah, exactly. You're just running slants and slants. Like, yeah. You you'd have, have to, to get open. Even if you got open, you have to have your quarterback make a good throw. So there's like. You have to catch it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Ball. Like, I, I, I'm not sure how, I mean, how many times would it take you to catch a pass on fourth and five in the red zone uncovered from an NFL quarterback? Because it's not like the answer in one. No, no, because you, I, the first ball is just going through your hands. You're like, oh, my bad, Carson. Or like, my bad, uh, yeah, whoever the, the probably don't even get your hands up in time. Yeah, right, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I think number two is is the the slam dunk answer, but it would be hilarious to watch one of us try and it would not be. I would be scared for your health to watch you try to tackle Saquon Barkley. All right, Debo, am I crazy here? Would you rather have to tackle Saquon Barkley? You remember the fourth and fifteen is a bigger deal. Like he has to get a first down. He's looking at you thinking, I could do this all day from fourth and 100. He ain't worried about the 15 yards. I don't think Jamal Adams is really worried about you running away from him on five yards either. Point, I just fall down. Just Evo. fall down over and is over. Brinson, and finally, Jamal Adams is like, this is hell on earth. Just go. Does Brinson have brain damage asking for trying to tackle Saquon Barkley in perpetuity for the rest of his life because it's never happened? Yeah. <laughs> so you'd, rather, you'd rather get tackled by Jamal Adams than try to tackle Saquon Barkley. <laughs> just one word answer. It's not even going into detail. This is like it's obvious. He knows that the, he knows we're running long on the clock. So I can't right. wait. I can't wait to see the Twitter poll. Yeah, make a Twitter poll after this. And what's the next question? All right, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll answer a few more mailbag questions. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. 
Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, I got this one from Corvus Glaive on Twitter. And he said, hey, well, unfortunately, I hadn't heard of the Pick 6 back in 2014. You're not alone, friend. Although I guess Ryan and I were doing it in 2014. It's called the Eye on Football podcast. It may have actually switched over to Pick Six by then, but yeah, no, we were doing. Or maybe it. that was when Pete briefly, Pete and Brady Quinn briefly did the podcast. It was called Roughing the Passer, but Pete and Bra- Pete didn't have the wherewithal to deal with doing a podcast on a regular basis for a full season, and so he just gave up and quit, and then like blamed other people for the reason. That, and then I had to take over and host it for him. It's just a pathetic effort by his part. It would be shocking if CBS ever even considered giving him his own podcast again. I don't expect it to happen, just as an FYI. Anyway, uh, hey, Will, I uh, hadn't heard of the Pick 6 back in 2014, but can I ask where your thoughts were in the 2014 NFC Championship game where Mike McCarthy kicked two field goals at the one-yard line? Was that cowardly? To get the Seahawks, of course. Yeah, the Debo answer is yes. I distinctly remember us yelling about what do you mean? What do you make of the face? That was cowardly. You said the Debo answer? Remember, he said yes to the Saquon Barley tackle? Uh, oh, you said, oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, well, I don't even, Debo yeah. wasn't alive in 2014. <laughs> um, no, just, uh, yeah, I think we, we were all pretty wondering what, what in the, like, what's the, what's the thought process? And we actually brought it up, I think, talking about the uh, Cowboys hire. Like, why suddenly has he changed Mike McCarthy? Yes. He's going to do anything differently. Yeah, we did bring it up during the Cowboys hire. And I actually think this game, started the downfall of the Mike McCarthy era in Green Bay. Because it was one of those, they had a 12-point lead with two minutes and 30 seconds left in the NFC Championship game. You have one of the Packers' best team of the past decade, and you blow that lead because you didn't have enough points on the board, and you didn't have enough points on the board because you kicked these two field goals from the one-yard line in the first quarter. And the only thing I will say is on the first field goal, as the person who loves field goals, I, I... understood McCarthy's mindset because they had played the Seahawks earlier in the season. They lost 36 to 16. One of those touchdowns was scored in garbage time. So they really only scored 10 points on the Seahawks. Aaron Rodgers was on the injury list going into the NFC title game. Remember he had messed up his calf. So they didn't know how how healthy he was going to be. So I think McCarthy's mindset was let's just get some points. I don't know how good my quarterback's going to look against this all time. Great Seahawks defense. Get down there. You don't want to come away with zero kick the field goal. Boom. You're up three, nothing. The second time you're down there, you need to be like, all right, well, this offense is running on all cylinders. We're going straight through. We need to go for touchdowns. So doing it once is I could make like a, 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 I could at least make an excuse for it, but doing it twice is just it, you're you're asking to lose the game. And that's the game that ended in the overtime bomb from Russell Wilson, right? Yeah, to Jermaine Curse. And then remember Michael Bennett uh, stole a police bike and was <laughs> riding it around. And then the Seahawks lost to the Patriots in that the in the in the Super Bowl that we were talking about. Michael Bennett. I, I remember that was. Um, so that was the 
2015, it was January 2015. Yeah, because I remember just being at our new house and like watching Michael Bay. I mean, just being like, what the hell is going on around here? Bennett's just cruising around on a police bike. The, the, the place is going absolutely insane. The, the, the Seahawks were shut, shut out for the first two quarters. This was the 15 and one team that Breach was talking about for the Packers. This is one of the, the, a dominant, dominant. What did the 15 one or did they lose to the Giants? Yeah, this team didn't go 15. No, uh, no, no, 2011 sorry, team did. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, anyway, this is a, this is a very good Packers team. Yeah, they went, they went 12 and four and they were good. Yep. Um, but, and, and, the, the, the kickoff that was botched by, I think the tight end Rogers was his name. Richard Rogers. Yeah, which also didn't help. But again, if you go for it there twice from the one yard line, maybe those, uh, obviously the last thing doesn't happen to play the overtime touchdown pass from Russell Wilson, but also maybe it's less impactful when you botch the, the special teams kickoff too. Well, and right. Even if you get one of the two, if you go for it both times, only get one touchdown, you come away with seven points, two field goals, you only come away with six. So, and also Pete Carroll coached his brain out. I mean, they ran the fake punt in the third quarter for a touchdown. So you have one coach who was, Getting crazy, calling fake punts. The other coaches kicking field goals from the one yard line. Who do you think is going to win? I think if this game was played in 20, 2019 or twenty twenty, oh my god, McCarthy would be fired after the game. I mean, lit up. On- I want to see. I want to see McCarthy in twenty twenty in similar situations. Is he different? He says he's different, but is he going to do the same sort of Jason Garrett stuff that made people so angry that Jason Garrett did those things? I'm just saying, like in twenty, even in twenty, the twenty fourteen season, analytics were here. They've been around for a while, but they weren't as widely embraced until maybe like 2017, 2018. I don't think Chris Collinsworth was yet talking about pro football focus at that point, was he? Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So moving along. This is the worst question ever, by the way. Is this the Sean Novak question? Oh, boy. This is a Debo made of this question. It's a good question, but it just shows that Sean, who Sean really liked and who he really hated. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, or, or it just shows that Sean doesn't know anything about movies. As well as that. So Sean, our old colleague, who just, you know, I guess, I guess he's only been gone like what two weeks now, something yeah. like that. What's the over under when we stop talking or thinking about Sean? When he graduates law school. Once we actually have games, I just feel like it's the off season. It's, you well, know, Bears lose, we'll bring it up. Well, no, we probably remember his name at that point. Yeah, you guys deleted that text thread that we're on with him, right? I did. <laughs> I deleted his phone number. I don't. I like. I didn't know what we were talking about lot. until Debo pointed this out before the show. You remember anyway, Sean does a movie, uh, movie newsletter called The Long Shot. You can go subscribe to it if you want to read milk toast takes about movies and lengthy introductions. <laughs> um, yeah, what did he explain in the last one? He explained how. What did he explain? How the- mailbag works. Oh, that's what it was. Twelve hundred words. He's like, and he's like, so I was waiting until I had a sufficient number of mailbag questions to do it because I didn't want to do it with one mailbag question. So I wanted to make sure that I got 17 mailbag. It's like, just answer, just answer the questions. Shut up. I opened your mailbag. Have you, have you had Sean it? is not going to leave a five-star review, Brenton. Not anyway, of this podcast. Sean was asked by somebody to do to cast a movie of the Pick 6 podcast. And so how would he – he only did the us three. He did us three super friends. I came up with Debo. Ooh, that is that that is telling. Debo, did you were you insulted that you weren't listed? Yeah, you go, were right. Go on, follow Sean again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. Listen, that was kind of shoddy. You should have yeah. listed Debo. I don't. Who? who I right, will. We'll 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 go through our roles, and then at the end, we'll uh, we'll nominate somebody for Debo. How about that? So think yeah. about that while we're doing these. First up, breach. Is Diego Luna, 
You might remember as the, uh. Not bad. I guess he's the, let's call him the main character. He's in Rogue One. He's not really the protagonist of, of Narcos. I don't know that there is such a thing as a protagonist. Narcos season three. Mexico. Yeah. Okay. Right. Narcos Mexico. And he's also in Rogue One, more importantly. Yes. So he's in Sean's favorite movie. Oh, that's right. That's he's right. not a bad looking guy. And, uh, he's in a lot of, a lot of good stuff. So I'm, Mexico, I'm, I think, right? I'm fine with this casting decision. Sean, so, excellent job so far. So far, he gets an A+. Plus. Let's be honest. Whoever plays Breach needs to be capable of getting weird. I think Luna could come up to the, could be up to the task. Over the past few years, he's played a murderous spy, Rogue One, and a drug trafficker, Narcos. No, I'm not saying Breach could be either of those things. I'm just saying that Luna has some great range as an actor. Really, that's all I'm saying. Seriously. Um, it's actually a pretty good choice. He looks, he looks, I'll say this. Sean was going for, he was definitely going for, uh, like, physical comparisons. Like direct physical comparisons. Like the three guys that he picked for all of us look exactly like each of us. Um, Diego Luna, obviously a more handsome version of Breach, but has the little, the little, uh, carefully trimmed goatee. Uh, definitely up to some stuff behind the scenes that you don't want to know about and you don't need to know about. Mm-mm. So I think it's a good choice. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Ryan just wants to get to his casting. Uh, Brinson uh, is Charlie Day. That's good. Um, Wait, let, let, let me read Sean's take and then we can dissect it. From okay. Sean, Brinson on the podcast is basically that scene in Horrible Bosses where Charlie Day accidentally inhales a bag of cocaine and won't stop talking. The thing is, Charlie Day is also funny, and as much as I hate to admit it, Brinson is also sometimes funny, at the very least, funny enough to host a popular daily NFL podcast for the past two years. I gotta say, um, the, the obscene drug references aside, uh, <laughs> Sean, Sean is basically admitting that I am, in fact, quite funny, but he can't write it down because it would hurt him too much to say that. So he had to say it in a backhand compliment style. I appreciate it. I also will point out that for well, since well before this podcast started, that Brady Quinn has said that I sound like Charlie Day when I get all, Worked up and crazy and doing stuff like that. And I almost think the always sunny version, um, you know, could provide some context for that as well. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. That's actually pretty good. Two, two spot on castings, I would say. Yeah. I mean, Charlie Day is not the most, not the handsome. I mean, like, you know, Breach is loving it because also Diego Luna. I mean, like a little playing into the, the, the Mexican heritage that Breach sports a little. Mexican, it works. I, I know. I'm just saying. It's leaning, not like he's leaning into the stereotypes. Is all I'm saying. Uh, up next, until he is this next one, is a white guy playing Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Wilson is Tom Hanks. <laughs> no, just kidding. Wilson is Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker is in my two favorite movies of all time: Rogue One and Arrival. Gosh darn it! So Wilson should take this as a compliment. Uh, spoiler, Sean, he's not. Instead, he'll probably send me a text complaining that I picked an older actor, even though Wilson is old. Old people, man, they'll complain about anything. Um, Forrest Whitaker is 59 years old. He's the same age as Pete Prisco. <laughs> for starters. He, no, uh, wait. So let me just say real quick. It's like, isn't he, he's thick and big. So in that description Brinson just read, Sean literally wrote, Wilson will probably send me a text complaining and let me just say that within two minutes of Wilson reading this last week, he sent a text or a text thread complaining. So, uh, yeah, it was 
pretty amazing. Look, like I said in the text thread, if it's Jefferson from Fast Times, okay, maybe. But again, as Brinson points out, he's 280 pounds. I mean, what's he going to do in the movie? He'll be twice the size of Diego Luna and Charlie Day on top of each other. This is so insulting. Like, here you go. Like, look, obviously the first choice is always Denzel. Whitaker is a great actor, by the way. I love Forrest Whitaker, but come on. I love, uh, you know, I loved, uh, what's his name? Tommy Boy, too, but I, you know, I don't look like Tommy Boy. Right. Like, if you were like Brinson, is Chris Farley, you'd be like, well, one, he's dead, and two, like, he's enormous. Like, what are you, what are you doing here? Yeah. So, what would be more insulting? Who should play Wilson? Forrest Whitaker or James Earl Jones? Forrest Whitaker. Exactly. I agree. Like, at least James Earl Jones, he's like, Ryan is sage and, and older, you know. Like, well, I, yeah, it depends. Like, when this, does this movie, like, how the Super Friends got together? Because if it's earlier, we might need a younger guy to play Wilson. Like, I think. Like Michael B. Jordan, for example. I, think, I don't think Michael B. Jordan's horrible. I was just actually going to say that. He took the words ah, out of my mouth, Wilson. Finally. Forrest Whitaker, great actor. But that's like saying, hey, how about uh, Damon Snacks Harrison? That would, that's, that's who should play Wilson in the movie. Well, no, he looks nothing like me because he weighs 325 pounds. Michael B. Jordan is, uh, is actually, you know, you actually do look, it's a little, Little too complimentary. He's in fantastic shape and 15 years younger than me, I would guess, something like that. So and I, I got, I got two I'm going to throw out here that I think would actually work. What else you got? Don Cheadle. I, that's less offensive than, than, uh, he's a great actor. How old are you? 47. I have to think about it. I just turned 47. Don Cheadle, 55, but I would have assumed he's younger. You would never say Don Cheadle's certainly four years younger than Forrest Whitaker. You say Don Cheadle's probably 15 years younger than Forrest Whitaker. Right, 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 right. And like Don Cheadle's, Plays, you know, the, the guy with, uh, like, a, the, in, in all the Avengers movies, he plays, I don't oh. even know what the character's called. He's but the he's, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, he's the, like, he gets the, the only other suit that Tony Stark makes. Ooh. Is that Don Cheadle? It is, right? I don't, I don't watch those. Who's Avengers? Avengers? Like, yeah, he's, uh, in, he's, in, he's in Avengers. Okay, good. I was like, I, I'm in trouble if it isn't. Um, oh, that's another actor. My bad. Uh, and then the other one that I think you could throw out is, this is, this is going to surprise you. What about Martin Lawrence? <laughs> I saw, I, as I was scrolling through the list, I, I did start, I did. You also Googled best black actors. <laughs> Martin Lawrence, back in the day. Hey, Gina. Yeah, I could, I, I'd be okay with that. Well, Omar Epps? Bad, Wilson. Omar Epps? No, Omar Epps is playing Mike Tomlin in this movie. He's already <laughs> got a spot. He can't play two roles. Is and there Mike, a, Mike Tomlin will be in this movie. Would there, could there be a more offensive yes. person Forrest Whitaker? One person. Oh, actually, I've got a good one. The one person that would be more offensive than Forrest Whitaker, who again, I love, but this person I don't love, Bill Cosby. That would be more <laughs> offensive. I actually have a, What about Will Smith? Yeah, of course I would take Will Smith. Now, even you, Haggard, even Haggard Will Smith, I would take that over Forrest Whitaker. You know who we're sleeping on? Yeah. And now he'd have to lose a couple of LBs for this. Not as many as Forrest Whitaker. I'm not like calling Forrest, Forrest Whitaker's just big and like, like he's a tall guy that, yeah, come on. Who, who? Uh, Jeffrey Wright. Oh, I would take Jeffrey Wright. He crushed it in, uh, Westworld. Yeah. He is, uh, he's 54. Ask yeah. Yeah. I, no. I could see that actually. That's, uh, Jeffrey Wright would be the best. A lot of sense. I think what we've learned here is that Sean is yeah. not going to be a casting director. He's not really into movies so much as he's into Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> More mailbag questions next Monday, of course. Thanks for listening. Subscribe, rate, and review. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or 
I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.